0: The Lord be with you. And with your a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished do you think that i have come to establish peace on the earth no i tell you but rather division from now on a hus- a household of five will be divided three against two and two against three a father will be divided against his son and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, it's always a joy to be with you on Sunday mornings. And today, our Lord says, I've come to set the earth on fire. And how I wish it were already burning, already blazing. Set the earth on fire. And fire has different connotations, right? Like sometimes when we think of setting the earth on fire, we might think of like destruction that takes place. But we could also like remember the disciples on the road to Emmaus and, and they're going to Emmaus and our Lord appears to them and he proclaims the gospel to them. And he explains to them everything that's happened. And after he leaves, they say, we're in our hearts burning as he opened the scriptures to us. Right? We're in our hearts burning. And, and so that fire also has that connotation of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and and the way that our hearts can burn with love for another person. And that our hearts burn with love when we experience the love of another, and that's really what our Lord desires to do. And it's why he comes into the world. He comes into the world so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. However, the Gospels make clear that like, when he came into the world, not everybody received him. And sometimes his own people didn't receive him. And sometimes within a certain family, some people received him and some people didn't receive him. And so, as our Lord really enters into our life, and if we really surrender our life to him, it also can be a cause of division. It also can be a cause of division. Because when we start to have something beautiful, it shines a light on what is not beautiful. Beautiful. It's like when I was studying marriage and family theology in Rome, and I was learning about the beauty of marriage and family life, and it just shined a light on, like, all the ways that my own family, I grew up in, fell short of that. Or I think about, you know, when I decided to change my relationship with alcohol, and I quit drinking, and... uh, and, and I would go over to a friend's house and, and they would say, hey, do you want to drink? And I would say, no, I quit drinking. And then they'd be like, well, why did you do that? You don't really drink a lot. Like, like you, you don't really have to give that up. And, and, and they're not really trying to tempt me. I think probably they were just thinking, well, maybe I need to quit too. I don't want to quit. I don't want to quit, so you shouldn't quit. And, and so, so when there's something new that happens, right, It like... Like sometimes that response can be a response of division. And, and when our Lord comes into the world, he comes to proclaim something totally new. And, and he talks about that often. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. And sometimes people don't want the new wine because they think the old wine was good. And the different thing that he came to proclaim is that That he wants our hearts to be on fire with love for him. And that love for him begins by receiving his love for us. And turning away from sin and self-reliance. And learning to rely on him alone. Learning to rely on him alone. And that's the prayer that we pray. And the collect prayer, the the opening prayer for the Mass is... It's really beautiful, and there's this subtle thing in it that's so important for us to allow to sink into our hearts because it speaks something different than sometimes the ways that maybe we've been raised or thought about the faith. It says, Lord, you have prepared for those who love you good things which no eye can see. Fill our hearts, we pray, with the warmth of your love. So the first thing that we asked our Lord was to fill our hearts with the warmth of his love. So that loving you in all things and above all things, we may attain your promises. So fill us with the warmth of your love so that we might love you in all things and above all things. And that order of love is there that first we ask our Lord to fill us with his love so that we can go and love others. It doesn't say like, Lord, we promise to love you in all things and above all things so that you will fill us with the warmth of your love. All right, it doesn't say that, but sometimes that's the way we think. Like, I have to love more so that God loves me, or I have to do more so that God will love me. I had a friend in grad school. He used to say, I got to go clean my room so Jesus will love me. And uh, you know, which is kind of a joke, but sometimes we think that way. But our Lord's love comes first, right? Our Lord's love comes first. And to, to be available to that means, like to be available to that, what do we have to do? To be available to that, we have to be willing to rely on him alone and to stop relying on ourselves or to stop relying on sin In the letter to the Hebrews, St. Paul says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us. And so he's exhorting the people to get rid of every sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race. And then he points to our Lord as an example of that. He says, for the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. And has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God, that Jesus endured his cross because he has it, had his eyes fixed on the joy that lie before him. And that he shows us an example of. Right, of enduring all things and remaining faithful to the Father because he knew the joy that lied ahead. And then St. Paul says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted the point of shedding blood. Like You can be more. You can be more. And they're words that that we should really take to heart because if we want to allow the love of God to dwell in our hearts, if we want our Lord to set the earth on fire, to set our hearts on fire, we have to stop sinning. And it's possible to stop sinning. And it doesn't mean like we're not gonna have setbacks and and we all struggle and and it's true. And I don't want anybody to hear me saying like you're all a bunch of sinners. because it's not really what I'm saying. What, I'm wanna, what I hope you hear is that you can be more and that our Lord wants more for you and that it's possible to leave things behind. And, and more and more when I do go out and give conferences or I'm doing spiritual direction or I'm talking to different people, what, what I've become really aware of is that that we don't say enough that it's possible to be free and that it's possible to live in our Lord's love and it's possible to leave sin behind and, and to really have the joy that our Lord promises and that Jesus is a real person and everything he says is true to include the fact that it's possible to, to remove sin from our lives so that we can live in that life of love that he's called us to so that our hearts can be on fire. You know, And I was talking to somebody just recently, I was... I had a spiritual direction appointment with somebody over zoom and, and we were talking and this person has been stuck in a particular sin. And, and I remember asking, I asked him like, so, so how long, like, like, how often are you falling into that? And he's like, well, it's not that bad. Okay. It's not that bad. So how often is it showing up in your life? Well, not as much as it used to. Okay, so how much did it used to? Well, every day. Okay, so not as much used to. It means not every day. So how often is it showing up in your life? Well, like every week or two. Okay, every week or two. But like Jesus didn't come into the world to set us free for every week or two. Like he didn't say, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly for eight days at a time. Like he came that we might have free, be free. And, and what I realized is, oh, he doesn't even believe that it's possible to be free from that. And so, so we spent some more time on that and, and, and kind of drilling into, like, we have to know that life can be better. Because as i think about that in the context of the church in america today and we ask questions like why are young people leaving the church and and why aren't people like showing up or why why don't people like come to mass on sundays and 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 at the end of the day i i do think that there's this reality that a lot of times we don't even believe it's possible that that life can be better and that has to be the gospel we proclaim over and over and over again that life can be better And that we can be more. And like, you can be amazing. You you can be amazing. And I say that to people all the time. I'm like, our parish could be amazing if we let our Lord do what he wants to do. You know, it can be amazing. And none of us in our lives have to be stuck in the blah, good enough. Life can be amazing. to have that amazing abundant life it means I'm going to give up self-reliance and cling to our Lord and let his love the warmth of his love enter my heart and so whatever my thing is whether it's greed or it's fear or it's gluttony or it's lust or it's sloth and laziness or clinging to entertainment or whatever my thing is I have to be willing to let go of that and trust that our Lord can be enough for me. And every time we come to mass and we receive our Lord in the Eucharist, we're reminded that like the God who created the whole universe loved us so much that he wants to be present to us and remind us that he notices us. And every time we go to confession, we go there to be reminded that even when we do fall backwards, even when we do fall into sin, even when we, we go back and do the thing we promised we would never do again, our Lord encounters us there. And he says, I love you. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. And when we encounter his mercy, it's, that's the very place that he fills our hearts with the warmth of his love so that we can love him above all things and in all things. And we have the grace to persevere in his love. Because our eyes are fixed on the good thing that's to come. The joy that he promises us for all eternity. And so today we pray that our hearts truly are open to to the new thing the great thing, the amazing thing that our Lord desires to do in our lives. And that we have the grace to leave sin behind. That we may truly experience the transformation he desires for us, the new wine that he desires to give us. And that we might be witnesses and lights that shine in the darkness of our world. And it's also our great joy today, speaking of perseverance and love, to celebrate with Glenn and Betty Royal, which is.